Welcome to Leadership Speaking Radio. This is episode number 40. Rehearsal brings you to a place of comfort. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Penn, founder of the Leadership Speaking School and Disruptor Extraordinaire. Of all things that are not working with how leaders, teams, and changemakers are showing up in front of their audiences. Oh, I have a very interesting podcast episode for you here today. Something that's been brewing, stewing, and baking for some time in my heart and in my mind. Yeah, you see, I've been doing a lot of work traveling. I've just come back from Stockholm delivering a masterclass to an awesome awesome, awesome school called Hyper Island. This is where digital creatives live. (laughs) Like, Sweden is, you know, Sweden is my motherland. For those of you who don't know, I am Swedish and American, born and raised in Sweden. But Swedes, man, they are on top of their digital game, right? Let's not forget who invented Spotify, a Swede. Let's not forget who invented Bluetooth, a Swede. And Hyper Island, this extraordinary school, is on the cusp of this digital landscape. It was founded in the late 1990s in Stockholm. And since then, I mean, it's just perfectly positioned right now to be training, upskilling the digital creatives of the future, essentially. And it was just such a vibe to be there, all these hipsters (laughs) walking around with their like big headphones on, you know, and like beards and cool clothes and a little bit of grunge, but hip added into it. And it just felt so good to support this cohort in my masterclass with them to show up in the digital world as the best version of themselves. Because these skills, as you know so well by now, are so transferable between live and online. But it was really, really fun. So I'm just coming back from a gig like that. And I'm doing a lot of work rehearsing people into their pitches and their high stakes talks. And that's where this topic for today is born. That rehearsal brings you to a place of comfort. Show enough. Now, what I want to do is I want to unpack that sentence and give you three really valuable pillars when it comes to rehearsal. Because I am always amazed by the fact that people good, smart, intelligent, nerdy people (laughs) don't understand what rehearsal is, number one, or how to do it, number two, or why it's important, number three. So I hope that this podcast will really be the golden nugget to answer all three of those points. So let me begin with the word of the day, and you guessed it, yes, it is rehearsal, which is a noun, and according to the Collins Online Dictionary, Rehearsal means the act of going through or recounting. Now, everybody out there who knows me knows that I'm a nerd, (laughs) a proud nerd. So I went deeper than that because I was like, wait a minute, there's got to be something else about rehearsal in these dictionaries. So yes, I went a little more intense into this search and I found the word rehearse, which is a verb, not a noun. And this word rehearse means to repeat it in detail. But here it goes, one more layer, folks. It's from the old French word rehercier. Now there's an H in there, but you don't hear that H because it's a silent H since it's French. Rehercier. And this means 
to harrow a second time. <laughs> Doesn't that just light you up? I love it. So this is our foundation word, our word of the day for this podcast. You will hear me say it over and over again, and now you know what it means in old French. So let's get into it. This first pillar that I want to give you about how to understand the art of rehearsal. It is simply this, that you, number one, first and foremost, as a human speaker, communicator on this planet, need to understand that rehearsal is part of the package of the performing arts, right? So what you need to do first and foremost as this first pillar idea is you need to reframe your mindset. That's right. I said mindset. What does this mean? It means that every second person that I meet doesn't understand that public speaking, a.k.a. leadership speaking, a.k.a. speaking in front of audiences with the craft or the toolbox, is a performance art. Yes, it is like the other performing arts, theater, dance, music, right? It is a performance of something that you put before an audience. It is something that you rehearse. It is something that has been done before. It is something that is created and delivered in front of other humans. And as a performance art, all you need to do is think about, well, what do the other performing artists do to prepare for their performances? And you know the answer as well as I do. They have to rehearse. They have to do what they are doing over and over and over again until it is Here's my favorite word, you know this already about season three, until it is embodied, until it is inside their bodies. It has arrived on a cellular level and they are working from memory cells that have been created. The body has learned it. The mind has learned it. Their soul has learned it. They've embodied what they are doing. Folks, public speaking, leadership speaking, speaking in front of audiences is exactly the same. Another way to think about this is to think about a giant in the performing arts like Yo-Yo Ma, right? Now imagine Yo-Yo Ma doing what the average speaker who is an amateur speaker does, right? Oh yeah, I'm just gonna take this content and, you know, just sit here and drink my coffee and I'm going to go over it in my mind, looking at my PowerPoint bullet points and think about how I'm going to structure that sentence. And yeah, maybe I'll include this or not that. Imagine Yo-Yo Ma doing that on the jet plane that he is on to go to Milan, to the Scala, to perform his cello performance on that stage. Imagine him sitting on that jet plane, drinking coffee, thinking about what things he might or might not include in that performance. Well, I don't want to be in that audience at La Scala watching him with that performance because that performance will not be an embodied one. It'll be messy. It'll be full of mistakes. It won't be fluid. He'll be out of flow. There will be no golden glow happening from that performance where I, as the audience, receive the gift, receive his work, receive his creative genius. No, there is no free lunch you must repeat, rehearse, do again, harrow for a second time, <laughs> and a third time, and a fourth time, you get the picture. I want you to reframe your mindset so that you understand that leadership speaking is a performing art. 
And as a performing art, as with all performing artists, you need to rehearse your material so that it just flows out of you. Now, I'm a dancer. I come from a dance background. And I just want you to imagine for a second sitting in an audience and getting ready to watch a dancer come on stage who hasn't rehearsed. Right? It's the same example as what I talked about with Yo-Yo Ma just now. Like, I don't want to be in that audience. I don't want to see that performance. That's going to be crap. All right? Nothing about that is going to be good. Why invest the time as an audience member to sit there and watch something that is not good, where you haven't put your heart in it? Literally, you haven't embodied it. Where you haven't put in the sweat equity to make this flow out of you. Where you haven't packed the gift, the present of your presentation with that energy and effort behind it to make it shine and sparkle. So this is pillar number one. Reframe your mindset. Leadership speaking is a performing art and all performing artists need to rehearse so that that content can flow out of them. All right, good. Now that was the first pillar. Let's jump straight in to the second pillar of this topic today, which I'm calling Rehearsal Brings You to a Place of Comfort. Yeah, so the second pillar is very simple, and it'll be something that those of you in the audience listening who like order and logistics will enjoy hearing about. Yes, because this pillar is to recreate your venue. Yes, what does this mean? It's a fundamental pillar of rehearsing for leadership speaking in that you want to know where you're going to speak, right? What does the venue look like that you're going to be talking in? And this is not something that you should find out, you know, 30 minutes after you've arrived in the venue and you happen to be looking at the stage or that speaking position. This is something that you found out about way beforehand. When you first get the mandate to do the speaking at place X for audience X, you are going to follow up with whoever you're talking to and who is organizing this to find out, okay, well, tell me more about this venue. Do you have any pictures of it? What does it look like? Oh, no, I don't have any pictures. Oh, well, then ask that person who's organizing to take some with their smartphone and send them to you. Oh, no, I'm not going to physically be there because we're not flying in until just before. Okay, well, can you get me some sketches, some drawings of what the room looks like? Yeah, okay, I can do that, right? So what you're doing here is you are pushing for information. You need to get your hands on what this space looks like. Where is the audience sitting in relationship to where you're sitting or standing? How big is the space that you're talking about? What are the acoustics in there like? And you can see that by what the room looks like. If it's all metal and glass, you know that this room is going to have your voice bouncing all over it. (laughs) If it's, you know, red velvet curtains and black walls that are, you know, thick and padded, you know there's going to be some good acoustics in there, right? But okay. Truth be told, you don't really know how the acoustics are until you get there and you clap your hands and snap your fingers and do an audio check. But this is some of the information that you're going to be getting from looking at these pictures or sketches, okay? And you need to know this in your rehearsal process because what you're going to do when you rehearse is you're going to set it up so that it looks something similar to what you're coming into. Does this make sense? Right. So if you're going to be giving a TED talk and you know you're going to be standing on one of those red circle rugs, you need to know what the dimensions of that rug is. 
All right. How big is it? Because guess what you're going to do? You're going to map out a space that is going to be the exact dimensions of that rug. That is your stage. All good TED and TEDx speakers know that you don't step off that stage. You don't step off that red rug. (laughs) That is your stage. And that's where all the cameras are pointing. So in every single rehearsal that you do for something like a TED or TEDx talk, you're doing it inside of that spacing that you've gotten as your due diligence. You know the numbers. You know how big that is. You set it up. You know, you've, you've either created something that looks like that rug or you've got things around like a candle or like a pen or whatever, and you've mapped it out so you're standing in this little homemade circle. Does this make sense? So this is very important in the rehearsal process because what you're doing is you're training your body to respect the space that you're going to be in so that when you arrive in your true venue, you've seen it before. And more importantly, you've done it before. Your body knows how to move inside of this space. You know where to go. You know where the slide is going to be projected. You know where the clicker is going to be held. You know where your laptop is going to be. Okay. So this is what you do. You rehearse in to the same setup that you know is going to be there for you in the actual speaking gig. So this is the second pillar. And as you can hear, it's not rocket science, but it's fundamental. It's a basic need for rehearsal so that you can slide into that speaking opportunity that you're preparing for and have seen it and done it before. Now, let's move on to the third pillar, which I am going to say is this. The more you know, the more you'll flow. Hmm, kind of like the way that rhymes. But what does it mean? It means that you rehearse until your content flows out of you. Now, in a good situation, and what I'll call an ideal situation, that is a lot of rehearsal, right? So for something like a high-stakes talk, my sweet spot of timing is three months, right? So you've been given the mandate, you know three months in advance, you've got three months to get this package, (laughs) this baby ready, yeah? And you know what I like to do, right? I divide it into two distinct phases. Phase one, content creation. Let's say that that's about 50% of that three months. So that's, you know, a month and a half's work is just you creating that amazing content, marinating, thinking about, dreaming about, writing notes in notebooks. Yeah, that's content. But for the, the other part, for that other 50%, the other month and a half, this is rehearsal time. Wow, that's a lot of rehearsal time you might be thinking. But yeah, This is what you need in order to make that content become a part of your body, to embody it. You learn it from your head to your feet. And that kind of timing is ideal. But let's take a kind of more run-of-the-mill average situation, which is two days. Yes, because I know that those of you listening to this podcast are busy leaders, teams, and changemakers. And I know that the average mandate to do some talking in front of audiences is usually last minute on top of loads of other things that you're already doing. So I get it. I know what you're dealing with. So if you've got two days, yes, you guessed it. Day number one, content. Day number two, delivery rehearsal, right? Don't let that content slip into taking up too much of that second day. (laughs) I won't allow it. I want you to have content clean, that's over, and now content delivery, let's practice it. Yes, you can change a word or sentence here or there, but the big ideas happen on that content part. 
So there you are. You've got a day for delivery rehearsals. In fact, this happened with someone I was rehearsing just two days ago. He had a day to get himself delivery ready. So he'd done the content already. He had a lot of work to do to do this and to get it ready. He did it. And now we are working in his delivery rehearsals. And let me just remind you of this pillar. I said it's the more you know, the more you'll flow. So the first version of him doing his delivery rehearsal was pretty choppy, right? Ticking every box for what not to do and speaking in front of audiences. So I cleaned that up. We worked on his voice. We worked on his entrance. We worked on how he is going to frame his intention. And you know me by now, if you've listened to these podcasts, you know that I say you Figure out your intention, your raison d'être for being in that room in front of the audience. And you figure it out by answering this question. As a result of my talk, I want my audience to feel dot, dot, dot. That dot, dot, dot part is where you fill in a word, which is your intention. So his word was impressed, right? We had to add to be impressed, right? My intention is to make my audience to be impressed. So he needed to come out there with gusto, energy, verve, charisma. So his presence reflected that intention. His speaking voice reflected that intention. Needless to say, his heart reflected that intention, as did his content, of course. So it was a full package. So in our delivery rehearsal, he was stepping into this intention with every single time we rehearsed it. That day, we rehearsed him four times, going over it four times. Now, with every time he did it, he was starting to get to know it better, which is obvious. <laughs> but it's fundamental to be tuned in to how you're feeling when you are delivering your content. When you start to feel like, oh, this is just starting to flow now. Oh, I've got this. Oh, I'm connecting the dots. When that's starting to happen, folks, you're in flow. And by the fourth rehearsal, he started to be in flow. Obviously, no, it's not the ideal amount of time to get ready for this kind of a talk. But I've already talked about that. I want much longer time. But for this day, before his gig, four rehearsals was what he needed. Now, there isn't a, you know, like a special number that's like the template number. It depends on how much you know this content, who you are as a human being, and frankly, who you are as a leadership speaker. What is your level of skill? But in his case, four was the magic number. And I said, this is all. This is all you're going to do today because I don't want you to hurt your voice. You don't want to do too much too late. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You don't want to do so much talking out loud because, of course, that's what you're doing in rehearsal. You're not doing this in your mind. You don't want to do so much talking that you're hurting your voice. Anytime where your voice feels tired, strained, fatigued, that is a very loud call for you to stop using your voice. And this is the kind of tuning in that you need to be doing to your body, FYI, when you're in rehearsal. If you start to feel this fatigue, stop, drink water, room temperature, and give yourself vocal rest. Anyway, I digress. His four rehearsals were enough for him to begin to be in flow. And I said to him, okay, your gig is tomorrow at 11. I want you to wake up at a good time. First of all, get a good night's sleep. Rest your instrument. Wake up on time. Have a great breakfast. And rehearse one more time. 
and then prepare your body, get ready, warm up, all the things that I told him to do to, to prepare his instrument. And he did. He did all of those things. And yay! He did really well on his talk. He got praise. He got feedback. He was powerful. He was present. He was serving his intention to be impressive. But more importantly, he was living in truth of his message. And that was felt in the hearts and minds of his audience. So, yes, let's just recap now. I've given you three pillars in this theme of rehearsal brings you to a place of comfort. I've said reframe your mindset. Leadership speaking is a performing art. You need to rehearse to embody the content so that it can flow out of you. Pillar two, recreate your venue. Do your due diligence. Find out where you're going, what it looks like. And I didn't say this, but also what kind of floor surface that is, because that's going to tell you what kind of shoes you're going to wear. Ladies, Think about if that's a clackety-clack situation, for example. Is it a hardwood floor? Is it lacquered? If you're wearing heels, that's going to make noise. Change your shoe choice. But back to rehearsal. More importantly, you're staging your rehearsal space to look like, as close as possible, the space that you're going to be in. So you've seen it before. You've moved in there before. And there are no surprises. Pillar number three. The more you know, the more you'll flow. Yep. It is my wonderful mentor, who you've met now in the last episode, episode number 39, Gisela Rocha, who says to me, you can't be in flow unless you have a container. Well, what does that mean? What is the translation? You've created a container for yourself in creating your rehearsal space. That's your container. You've created a container for yourself in your mindset that you know that you are doing a performing art. That is a container of sorts, your mindset. So you can't be in flow without a container. You've now created containers for yourself where you can allow yourself to expand enough to be in flow. And that, at the end of the day, is what you are doing through your rehearsal. You are teaching yourself how to be in flow with your content so that you can show up as the best version of yourself in front of your audience and deliver from your heart. Rehearsal brings you to a place of comfort. It is that thing in all performing arts that makes that performance worth watching. It is what makes your performance stay in the hearts and minds of your audiences because you've put in the sweat equity, the work, maybe even sweat and tears. I don't know. You've put in the effort to make that the very best version of what it can be. And that is your job as a speaker, to do your work so that you can show up as the best version of yourself in front of that audience. Ladies and gentlemen, this is now the conclusion of this podcast episode. I hope you are listening. And I hope you were taking notes. And if you want to hear it again and take notes, do it. Because this is a fundamental building block of leadership speaking. You can't show up in authenticity and all your glory without rehearsal. There is no free lunch. So please take these ideas to heart. Use them. Grow inside of them. And then feel the bliss of what happens as a result of the work. The reward is on the other side of the work. 
Yes. And what's so juicy about a reward like doing well and being patted on the back and feeling the glow of your audience smiling and nodding their heads at you is that you want to do it again. So make every single speaking opportunity an opportunity for you to work inside this container of rehearsal. The more you know, the more you'll flow. That's what I want to leave you with, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your ears. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for paying attention. I am just loving season three so far. Embodiment is the theme. I am looking forward to delivering another podcast episode for you in the not so distant future. Hold on to your hair, everybody. We're going deeper into the world of embodiment and what it means to you as leadership speakers. So for now, I'm signing off, signing out. Take care of yourselves, take care of others, and I'll talk to you next time.